All right, we start a new series today called Forgotten Virtues, and uh, we just uh, finished, many of you know, finished a great series uh, on, uh, on forgiveness, and uh, that series, I think, uh, spoke to you, many of you, on a very personal, personal uh, level, and really grateful, thankful uh, to God for that. And uh, in the midst of thinking about the last series, I want to especially today honor Pastor uh, Andrew because I don't know about you, but the three messages that he preached in that series, they were awesome good, right? They were awesome good. So we should honor him for that. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, right? We're going to talk about uh, honor. And I, I want to share with you that uh, this series uh, is going to be different because this series is going to look not just at us personally, uh, but it's, it's going to step back and take a broader view and uh, try to begin to understand why is our world the way it is. And in particular, why is our country, why is our culture uh, the way it is? And the answer to that in short terms is caught in the title of the series itself, Simply Forgotten Virtues that we have simply forgotten in this nation some of the core fabric virtues. How about you? But I've, you know, I've been around for a few years, and uh, if you've been like me around for those few years, I mean, you think back to what our culture used to be and some of the values that our culture he held, and you look at where we are today, would you not agree with me that culture has changed pretty dramatically? over the years, and not so much for the good. Amen? All right, we're in agreement. Thank you. Uh, and, and we're going to look at, so what, what's going on? And what do we as, as Christ followers, what do we need to know scripturally so that we can stand out in that world and begin to take it back for Christ? And so we're going to look at these forgotten elements, these forgotten virtues that are important to us as Christ followers and we need to get serious about in being displayed before others uh, in our nation. And so today, we start with uh, honor. And I want to take you first off to Mark 6. So if you've got your app going or you've got your, uh, your word with you, whatever it is, we're going to go to Mark 6. And you'll see in Mark 6 an experience that just displays the outcome of what happens when when honor is not given, right? This is in Mark 6, and it's when Jesus goes back to his hometown. Now, what makes Mark 6 really powerful is Mark 5. What happens in Mark 5 is Jesus is doing what Jesus does, right? He's doing his ministry as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in Mark 5, he casts out demons. Pretty good deal. Pretty awesome, good, right? He powerful. He casts out demons, and at the end of Mark five, he raises Jairus's daughter, this leader of the synagogue. He raises his daughter from the dead. Powerful stuff, amazing stuff. So he's just done this. He's cast out demons. He's just raised a little girl from the dead by just simply saying, "Hey, little girl, get up," and she got up. And now in Mark. 6, he goes back to his hometown, and look what happens. He goes back to his hometown, and when the Sabbath came, he goes to the synagogue to teach, and they began to listen to him, and it says, 
the many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him? And such miracles as those performed by his hands. We're starting out good. They're starting out by saying, Wow, who is this guy? This is really valuable stuff. We've never heard it like this before. This is incredibly important things that we're hearing and seeing in him. What are they starting to do? They're receiving him, and they're starting to give him honor. This is amazing. But look what happens in verse 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Josie, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? What just happened in verse 3? They started to give him honor, and then what they do? Well, wait a minute. Didn't this guy make my table? I mean, I think the recliner I'm, I'm in every night, I think he made that, the carpenter guy. And his brothers and sisters, I mean, they're still hanging out. What did they do? They were lifting him up in the beginning, but by verse 3, they make him common. They just devalue him, and they make him common. And look what happens. They took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not, say it with me, will you? Without honor. You see that? Without honor, except in his hometown, among his own relatives, in his own household. What got withdrawn from the situation? Honor. They started. They were going down that road. They started to give and say, this guy's incredible. And then they withdrew it, and they made him common. If you look at the Greek word that's behind this phrase, without honor, uh, the Greek word is atimos, and it means to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. To treat as common or ordinary. Now, remember who they have in their presence. They have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And by the time the experience is over, how are they treating him? Common. Isn't he the carpenter? Just a common guy. Here's a tough one. How many times in our culture is Jesus treated commonly? Good teacher. Yeah, I heard he said some good things. Common. Common. We withdraw honor. In contrast, honor is time. It means to value, respect, or highly esteem. To treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. It's to take something that may appear common and give to it value. To take something common and treat it as precious and weighty. Let me give you an example. I don't know if any of you are, are uh, baseball fans out there or you collect uh, baseball cards, but uh, I have an extraordinarily valuable uh, baseball card. Now, you may not think so, and this is going to astound you, but I personally own a Gene Lamont original baseball card. Everybody's excited about that, right? 
Because you're sitting there saying, Gene Lamont? Yeah, okay, Gene Lamont. Gene Lamont played for the Detroit Tigers. He was a catcher. He, he got to the big leagues for a couple of years, right? He, he, didn't, he was in the minors most of his career, but he broke into the big leagues for, for a couple of years, played with the Tigers. Uh, ultimately, he became uh, the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Some of you remember that. He became the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, right? Gene Lamont was a very average ball player. And he was a pretty average manager. But I have his card. And it's valuable to me. Why would this common card be so valuable to me? Because Gene Lamont is the only guy from my hometown to ever make it to the big leagues. Okay? Something good can come out of Nazareth. Okay? Right? He's the only guy in my whole hometown. So you go back to my hometown, everybody has a Gene Lamont original baseball card. Right? And we keep it because it's valuable. See, everybody else will look at it and say... You take that into a memorabilia store and they're like, uh, a nickel? <laughs> but to me, that's valuable. I give it honor. I give it honor. I esteem it as being important, weighty, precious, and valuable. That's the way honor works. Honor is something that we give. It's something that may seem common, but we elevate it. We give it weight. We declare it precious. We give honor. Honor is simply something we choose to give away to someone or something else. You can see it in Scripture. If you go to Romans 3, Paul says, Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. And do what? Give. You see that word? Give respect and honor to those in authority. We give it. What happened in Mark, Mark 6? They started to give it, and then they withdrew it. They started to give it, but then they withdrew it. You see, honor is something we give. You can't take honor. You, you can't claim honor for yourself. It has to be given to you. You can see that in Luke 14, where Jesus gives the example of a wedding feast. And he warns us about trying to claim honor for ourselves, right? He says when you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. Don't sit there on your own. What if someone more distinguished than you has been invited? And the host comes and says what? Give this person your seat, then you'll be embarrassed. And you'll have to take whatever seat's left at the foot of the table. You see, you can't claim honor on your own. Honor is something that we simply give away. He warns us about that. You can see it at the end. He says, instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he'll come and say, Friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored. What happens? The host gives and elevates from common to precious and valuable. Honor is something that is given. Why is this important to us? If you're a Christ follower, 
if you're already following Jesus, there are things in the Scripture that God teaches us and expects us to just give honor to just because we follow Jesus. It's, it's inherent in us because we follow Christ that, that we just give honor. Why is it important? Because honor builds up and dishonor tears down. Honor builds up. Dishonor tears down. You can see it in Mark 6. What happens when those folks withdraw honor? When they, when they don't give honor, when they withdraw honor away from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It says, and because of their unbelief, Jesus couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. What happens when you withdraw honor? You limit the possibility and the opportunity for God to work when you withdraw honor. They withdrew honor. And what happens? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is there, and all he can do is a few healings. Now, a few healings is pretty remarkable, right? So you can see he still is who he is, but the people can't receive the fullness of what he wants to accomplish. That's the way it is. Honor builds up. When you withdraw honor, it tears down. It limits the possibility of what God can accomplish. When you look at our culture and you look at our nation, we are withdrawing honor. And we're limiting the opportunity for God to make a difference in this culture and in this nation. That's the way it is. When we don't give the honor that we ought to give, we are, in essence, moving God out, and we're, we're drawing a circle, and we're limiting the opportunity. Now, God is still God. God can do whatever God wants to do. But we're limiting the opportunity for God to do it. Because honor builds up, dishonor tears down. We tear down when we don't give the honor that God expects us to give. In contrast, honor, when we give it, it builds up. Look what it says in First Peter. Be careful to live properly among unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your what? Honorable behavior, giving honor, right? They'll see your honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. When we give honor, we create the possibility for others to see and understand an honorable God. When we, Christ followers, when we give honor in those places that God chooses us to give honor, we create the possibility for honor to be shown in Christ, for others to look and see through us the honor that is due Christ. So we ask the question, okay, we're supposed to give honor, but you got to be careful. Can you just give any honor? No, you've got to give authentic honor, right? You've got to give authentic honor. We give it, but it's got to be real. It's got to be true. You look at Mark 6 or Mark 7, that chapter right after Mark 6. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but with their hearts 
they're far from me. Our honor has to be authentic honor. If you follow Christ today, the goal when you leave today is that you are convicted in your hearts about the honor you need to start giving. Because that's how we're going to start impacting those around us. By just doing what Christ wants us to do and giving that kind of honor. So where do we give it? Where do we, as Christ followers, where does God expect us to give honor? You ready for the answers? I hope so. Here we go. I'm going to give you three places that Scripture makes it clear that we as Christ followers should make sure we display honor in our lives. First is family honor, family authority. That is that God has given us the gift in our culture of family. And inside family, we need to make sure that we display and give honor. First off, it says, honor your father and mother. How many have heard that one before? Yeah, that would be in the commandments, right? That would be in the commandments. Yes, you got to do that. And if you're still a kid out there, hey, guess what? You, you need to honor them, right? And this honor is, remember, something we give, whether they deserve it or not. They may not be the best parents in the world. They may not have been the greatest parents in the world. It doesn't matter. You still honor them. You still honor them because God has given them to you as parents. Now, on the flip side of this, if you're a parent out there, you need to hear the other side of this. This is really important. As a parent, you need to expect your kids to honor you. Did you hear that? You need to expect your kids to honor you. That is a non-negotiable in your home as a Christ follower. That is a non-negotiable. You say, whoa, Pastor, whoa, man, that's pretty old-fashioned, dude. Like, no, it's biblical. And it's for their good. Did you read close what this said in Ephesians? Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, what will happen? Things will go well for you. Did you just hear that? Mom and dad, did you just hear that? You are doing a good thing for your children when you teach them honor. You teach them honor. And you teach them by expecting it in your household. And you teach them by displaying it in your household. Here's what he says. Give honor where? You need to make sure your kids see you displaying honor to one another in your marriage. What does that mean? Christ first. Absolutely. Spouse second. Kids third. Your household doesn't run around the kids. It's your marriage. It's your marriage. Oh, by the way, what day is today? <laughs> I didn't forget. <laughs> yeah, getting you there, right? No, you got to, it's honor, see? You got to honor your marriage. You got to honor your marriage. It's important because that's where your kids understand honor, right? And God, this is, this is God's order of things, Right? Is it any surprise that our culture is deteriorating when you look at how our culture treats marriage? 
this foundational structure that God has put into place, and yet we just disregard it. We cast it aside. We make it a, well, you know, I'm just not happy today, so I'll trade out and trade up. Is it any surprise that our culture is deteriorating when we don't honor this gift that God gives to our culture? We need to practice honor and honor marriage. Husbands, here's a big one for you today because it's the 14th. In the same way, you, you husbands must do what? Give honor to your wives. You better make sure today, before your wife goes to bed tonight, she knows that she is the most valuable thing in your life, the most valuable person in your life. I got to tell you, my wife is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I married up. And I know it every day. I know it every day. My life would not be what it is if Jill wasn't in my life. And I just, I remember that and honor her every day. I don't ever want her to think that she is common. She is the most incredible woman I know. I need to remember that every single day. We need to practice honor, honor, honor in our relationships and in our marriages. Second one, civil authority. Here's another system that God has put into place that we should just honor. We should honor those people in civil positions of honor, right? Give everyone what they owe them, pay your taxes, do all that good stuff, give respect and honor where? To those in authority, right? Just a week and a half ago, um, was at a gathering and uh, Governor Scott Walker was there. It was kind of cool. Several Christ Church people were there as well. And I was so proud of our people because every one of our people gave him honor. I don't know if they voted for him, didn't vote for him, agree with his policies, disagree with his policies. None of that matters. You just need to give him honor. Why? Because he's in a position that God has established. In this political season, we have to remember that. We Christ followers are supposed to honor those people who serve in those positions that God has established. So if you've got a coach out there, if you've got a teacher out there, uh, you know, if you see a policeman, a military person, you see somebody who's serving in those positions of civil authority, guess what you need to do, Christ follower? You need to honor them. You need to honor them just because they're in that role in doing what he says. Now, here's the awkward one for me, the third one. This is kind of the awkward one for me, for Pastor Andrew, but it's biblical, so I've got to share it with you. Okay, you ready? It says there's an order of spiritual honor. It says the elders who do the church's work, uh, work well are worth twice as much honor. That is true in a special way of elders who preach and teach. Who do you suppose that would be? I kind of like he says twice. That's kind of good, right? Yeah, no. This is really important. You know why this is important? Do you know how many churches out there are dying today? They're dying. Well, the reasons they're dying is because the people in those churches treat their pastors like common employees that are there to do their bidding. That's not spiritual authority. That, that's not the way it works. That Pastor Andrew and I are here to be visionary spiritual leaders. That's why we're here. That, that's the, the position that God puts in place 
in the body of his church. And, and the call on the church is to honor that position, right? And I've got to tell you, Pastor Andrew and I feel that from you guys all the time. And our leaders, I want to honor our leaders and, and the leaders of the past. Our leaders around here, you got to know how good they honor us, right? When, when we say, listen, God is leading in this direction, they are all over it. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's how God works to establish and advance the cause and the purposes of Christ in the church. When, when God lifts up leaders and those leaders get honored, it creates the opportunity for that to happen. And as you lift up Pastor Andrew and myself in that role, it gives us the opportunity to share that with you, and that's how we're going to move the kingdom when we move it together. And so we want to honor you and say we are so honored that you listen to us. We really are. We are absolutely honored that you, Christchurch people, actually listen to us and follow where we lead. So we just want to honor our leaders and honor you and say thank you because that's the way it works. And here's the challenge of it. The challenge of it is in Romans 12, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So guess what today's assignment is? Before you leave today, we need to have this whole place full of honoring of one another, right? There's another translation that says, outdo one another in honor. Outdo one another. So when you parents go back and pick your kids up back there in kids camp today, honor the people that are working back there, will you? Just tell them they're awesome and incredible and you're thankful for them. Just, just honor them because they're serving back there, you know, week in and week out to make a difference in your kid's life. We just need to outdo one another in honor. Last thing, how do we change our world? How do we change our culture? We give honor. But you have to understand this. Honor is being lost because lost people don't honor God. Our culture is being lost because lost people don't honor God. The best way, the best thing that we can do as Christ followers for our culture, for our nation is to start reaching people for Christ. That's where it all changes. When we get serious, when we start reaching out to the people around us and telling them about Jesus, when their hearts get captured and then they understand what it is to live an honorable life and to live honor, then we can reclaim our culture. Then we reclaim our nation. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you choose us to live a different kind of life, not a regular life, but a life uh, that is honorable in your sight. And so uh, we just ask today that you would uh, just lead us into those opportunities in the coming week, that we can display that honor, that we can show others around us, and that we would uh, be a, a people of absolute honor. And so we just thank you today the way you honored us to give your son Jesus so that we can live incredible lives. It's in his name we pray. Amen.